Blog Talk Radio. Worship a Lori O'Shea, day and day, 
Olo Shagum L, off of the provocative book, Secrets That Little Girls Hide, which is a phenomenal book to open your eyes and be a part of the people that will go to change and end child sexual abuse, as well as her new fun and exciting children's book by Auntie Oya Kunle and her magical pet, Rocky Lalu. And also a pet B Oya Fumi Amoke Ade Poju, a Bifa House of Worship, is operating a nighttime cafe. So we are definitely waiting for our special queen, special guest, Queen Nadia Clayhart, our spiritual powerhouse, wonderful, wise, visionary, and has strong, major third eye powers. And she's going to be speaking on unity of the community, which <laughs> it's so funny for me because when I gave it to her to uh, share her perspective, she kind of threw me off balance because I do uh, try to look at the mundane side of things that right now in our black communities were disconnected and disenchanted. We are... Um, feeling lost beyond compare. And then Queen Nadia socks it to me. Greetings and blessings, Queen. Ashe. I am so glad that you called in. Are you on mute? Well, we'll just have to wait until she tunes her phone in. But anyway, Going back to just the magnificent words that she imparted upon me last night, I was thrown back and thrown over. So I definitely am looking for Nadia. Queen Nadia, are you there? Good evening. I say. Hello, Queen Mother. Hello, and I'm so glad to be speaking to you. I want to say, first of all, thank you publicly because uh, last night I had so much worries and stresses. And, you know, you told me exactly what my problem was, and I couldn't deny it. And I just say, you know, it's a blessing to be that in tune with the universe that you can call and understand another person's uh, stress, sorrows, unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And I so appreciate that. You know, I mean, you don't think about it when you do it for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, because a knife can't cut its own handle. You're not quite as sharp as as far as the um, evaluation and assessment of why is this person going through this. 
you can look objectively at another person and tell them. But I must admit, you hit it dead on the head. So I appreciate that because I'm feeling very unrestricted. Mm -hmm. And I certainly hope that people call in to, um, you know, share with us, um, you know, their feelings and stuff like that. Um, so, so I'm going to ask well, you. Let me, let me, um, let me first tell you. I'm. I want to say I'm grateful that I was able to help um, last night talking to you. And as I stated last night, um, one of the reasons is because I can relate. You know, I recognize in you certain things about myself. So, and that's you know, why I that's, asked you. That's why I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so funny. Because I asked you yeah. to be my goddaughter. And yeah. why would I ask somebody is just what you said. I recognize in you what I see in myself. And it's so connected. And I appreciate it so much. That just helped me now, so much. Queen Mother, I hear a little static. I'm not sure if that's my phone or was that the connection prior to me calling in? Well, it could have been. I think that uh, Blog Talk gives me a lousy connection every week. You know, we mm-hmm. could have a lot of people on calls and nobody shows up on the console. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that it may be a combination of having an old computer and um, not really having a good sound system as I should. But you're coming okay. through very clear. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't me or if it was me, there was something I could do. But as long as I'm coming in clear, I guess, you know, it, we won't tamper with anything. Well, I want to say that um, if you could share a little bit about your evolution into how you are now as a person as opposed to when you were growing up, and you could share that and then answer our question of unity in the community. Okay. Huh. Well, my story is not unique. Well, no, I'll say it's not original, but it is unique because of how it shaped me. But um, I grew up um, uh, I'm going to hop around a little. But in the womb, I was addicted to narcotics so I already came out knowing a hardship that most people don't know, you know, or are fortunate enough not to have to go through. So I think that contributed to um, my resolve to a degree. Uh, my mom was only 15, and my father took his life um, several weeks after I was born in front of my mother and myself. So that was another experience um, that I started out with in this particular lifetime. Um, And from that point on, 
I just at several different homes. I had very loving family members, those that did tend to me, you know, and my mother did the best I guess she could with the strain of, of addiction and the things she was going through. Um, we moved around a lot, so I kind of garnered the nickname Gypsy, my mother and I, by people. Um, at the age of eight, I was left to live by myself in Brownstone in Brooklyn. So I grew up in a brownstone by myself where my parents or whoever would come and they would either leave money or food sometimes. The other times I was left to fend for myself. But um, I lived in Brooklyn right around the corner from a synagogue. So after school, because I still would take myself to school, after school I would come home and then I would do my homework or whatever, and then I would go around the corner to synagogue where after whatever they were doing inside, a rabbi would come out and teach me about uh, Hasidic laws and the Torah and stuff like that. Then in the brownstone I lived in, there were two gentlemen that lived in the top apartment. It was a three-family brownstone where they would pay rent to live in the top floor, and they were Buddhists. So um, very kind men, and they would let me come upstairs and chant with them, and they would teach me about Buddhism. So then I, so I was being taught those two things, and then um, a lot of my days were spent with my beautiful um, cousin Vera, who you know, and Sherry, um, and their family were Jehovah Witnesses. So whenever I stayed with them, I would go and study with them at the Kingdom Hall, you know, and then I would study um, their doctrine. Um, this is just stuff that I always did, and I was never forced to choose anything because I had no adult around consistent enough to tell me what was the quote-unquote truth. So, you know, I kind of studied all these things from that age, and I kind of lost myself in the studies and in books. That was my safe haven were books, and they would help me to cope with the different things that would happen to me as a child. So when people talk to me, that's kind of why, for myself, I'm not too judgmental on people's belief systems because I've been fortunate enough through this journey to kind of study everything and get to know different people. So I, for, for starters, I know the difference between your word and you, and I don't mix up the two. So I know better than to judge anything based on a person because it's, everything is unique to how a person interprets it and, and then how they manifest it. That's number one. So I don't really have a problem there, and that's a blessing in itself because I get to learn from everything because I still know I don't know anything, right? And then... Um, I don't know. I just, you know, there's a there's a flip side. You have the good and bad of being quote unquote orphaned or abused or abandoned, you know, or taken in by various families. Um, nobody really told me what was impossible. I really didn't have anyone to tell me that's stupid, that doesn't make sense, or this is what you should be. So I kind of went through everything. At the age of 15, I joined the Nation of Islam, 
where I studied and I became an MGT and I did that for a while. And then um, when I was no longer comfortable with that because it wasn't, I wasn't growing into it, it was starting to restrict my spiritual evolution, I took my Shahada and started to study Orthodox Islam under my, um, my family in Queens and my uncle. He's a scholar of comparative religion, and so I studied under him and my aunt. Um, it was the Islamic Propagation Center of America, if I'm correct, it was North America. So I got to, like, really study, and they kind of really took me under their wing and started to mold me because they thought I was exceptional for someone my age. So they invested a lot of time and energy into me, you know, and exposed me to some really amazing literature and, and uh, rare books and different things like that. So I studied that. And then that's when I started to have uh, experiences with precognition and different things like that, and there was really no room for that in the form of Orthodox Islam I was studying, so I ended up leaving that as well. And I didn't quite abandon in totality the theology of Islam, but... I studied alone. It was it became a solitary journey for me. And at a certain point it no longer fit me. So I left that. And that's when I started to study uh just everything. You know. So I never like abandoned studying the Quran or the Bible. I did catechism and catechism classes and different things like that, but I mean, I just started to look inside, I guess it was, you know, and I just went from there. So that's kind of like the basis of how I operate. When people say, well, why do you call yourself a witch? First of all, when I say a witch, and I, I think it's so funny, it's kind of silly to me, but it's a very infantile term for a very ancient being. I say. It basically is someone who um, incorporates universal energies, nature. For me, anyway, it could be different for other people. Do I have, think I can fly in a broom and all that stuff? Of course not. You know, like I get the, I know this, the science behind where that comes from, just like the pointy hat. You know, and I get all of it. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, they limit themselves to Hollywood's version of what that is. So they kind of prejudge you. Like with most religions, as a matter of fact, you know. But um, I don't consider it being a religion. I just, I'm a spiritual practitioner. I don't have a religion because I don't worship anything. I acknowledge all things. I work within the confines of certain universal laws, as I know them to be. That's always changing. But I work within that. I, my faith is in myself. I guess if I worshipped anyone, it would be myself, you know, because, uh, and and that's a far-fetched term to use because, I again, the whole worship thing, I can't even relate to it. But I don't worship anything. I work with energies and entities and whatever. I respect everything. Some things I avoid altogether or some things I incorporate in what I do. 
And it's as simple as that. It's really not intricate and that type of thing. My experience to me is unique. That's it. You know, as everybody brothers and sisters on a path, but you know, everybody has their own thing. So you know, I respect that. I say, and you know what? This uh, in my uh, pastoral counseling course, uh, the director of the program, he said to me when I told him that I was Efa, he said, "You know mm-hmm. what?" Uh, when people looked in the mirror, everybody, uh, When I mean, sorry, he said when God was looking in the mirror, he dropped it, and he said all the people that picked it up said, ah, this is God. So not only the reflection of ourselves in the mirror, but also a construct of whatever we think, that becomes God mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is why Joseph Campbell is one of my favorite authors, because he does explain that really well. But I don't want to get into the um, the, the um, rhetoric of spirituality. I want right. you to share with me um, your just the words you shared yesterday, because it took the concept of unity in the community. Because I asked you, Mm -hmm. what did you think that unity in the community meant? But before you answer that, I just want to make a statement about your journey spiritually, which um, to me is really fascinating. Because you were introduced to all of these different levels of spirituality, different rituals. Everybody has a different dogma, doctrine. Mm -hmm. And yet, as you are an adult, you have not chose to gravitate towards any of them to say, I am this or I am that. But Mm -hmm. have found a unique space for yourself within your belief system, belief within your spiritual mm-hmm. being or right, because we are very spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And we can tell that because when a person dies, the emptiness of their vessel is very clear. Hmm. Okay. So hmm. I, you know, I want to just say um, that that was a major leap for you because, um, you know, for many other people, myself included, it's taken me over four decades to come to the understanding and to um, evolve into the spiritual being I am now. But mm-hmm. within that, the universal truths are at the top of the list. Right. The laws of the universe cannot be co-opted, corrupted, <laughs> gone around. They always come back to the, the sender. Whatever the sender mm-hmm. comes back to the sender, 
and may even skip and and go around the receiver mm-hmm. unless it's sent out for the goodness of them. Right. So hmm. getting back to unity in the community, you know okay. I was getting into it all mundane, telling you about uh, you know, the fixes and this one and that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You, Which I told you made absolute sense because we gravitate what we live. Right. We gravitate towards what we live. You know, so if you are constantly looking at things and hearing things and seeing things a certain way, it's only logical that you you start to flow that way. Consciously or unconsciously, you're going to start to flow that way. So, um, Okay, oh, I went through a phase where I was very involved in my youth in community um, activities, raising of funds, the building of new institutions, and and just the charitable work and, and different things like that, especially um, when I was in the nation. That was like one of the cornerstones of the thing, you know, of the, of the teachings. Right, is to be involved in your community, and um, so I went that route, and I saw some things that just didn't add up to me. And as I grew older, um, I remember I marched for Yusuf Hawkins, and I was aligned with certain coalitions. And I remember I was one of the people that chained up the colleges when they raised the tuition. You know, just fearless and relentless in my. you know, my my stance and what I believed and just being a party to it. And I always kept running into the exact same problems. No matter what the group was or the religion was or their political convictions. And I was, you know, I, I couldn't find a common denominator. Like, why don't they work? You know, and it wasn't until I started to fully embrace my spiritual side and my third eye that's when I started to see things and I was open to revelation from the ancestors, you know, and just different things. And my, in my opinion, the building of a school or a hospital, the creating our own farms, um, and, and just, just different things like that, agriculture, you know, of course, we need to be independent in all of that. Economics, we need our own economic system. That makes absolute sense. All of that stuff. But to me, that's like skipping from stage one to stage ten. Like now you've come all the way down to the physical manifestation of the part of the plan. But right. you have totally bypassed all the other things that need to be done. So it's like building a hospital on sand. You didn't lay any foundation for these things. And I think people are desperate, you know, and it's, it's hard to, you know, start from level one or stage one to come at it as a novice when your brother and your sister are starving or they're being gunned down or they're being, the water is being poisoned, 
So I get why people automatically go to, oh, we need this, we need that. You know, we got to come together. But in all honesty, you cannot persuade a people to invest their hopes and dreams into other individuals based on either their gender or their ethnicity, and you have no grasp of their essence. Just because people bear a title, whether you're a doctor so-and-so and and you carry a master's or your doctorate, that still doesn't tell me about you. I don't know who you are. I don't know under what spiritual... um, uh, I don't know under what vibration are you uh, operating. I don't know what trials and tribulations you've got going on in your life that might hinder you from fulfilling your oath to the community. I don't know anything. And then when you put people in a position where you don't build them up first before they invest their all into something or someone else, and that stuff falls short, these people have nothing to fall back on. So now we're set back. Instead of 50 years, we're set back 100 years now. There has to be a different system put into place. And in my opinion, until there are a council of spiritualists who incorporate and operate on the highest level, to come in and initiate a system of other beings who can, like, it's like building up this pyramid. You know, like, it, it takes so much more than just money and fundraisers. That should be the very last thing we're thinking about, a monetary system. Even though it's very tangible, very real, yet, you know, I get it, but... It's never going to work or stand or have longevity because we didn't put the proper foundation in place. That's why I personally no longer um, align myself with certain things because I see a lack of foresight or or spirituality in these movements. Not saying that there aren't any out there that work. I just haven't come across them yet. You know, Right. So, well, I I'm, think not trying that, to, uh, um, I'm not trying to offer anything to anybody when I haven't even mastered, um, you know, the, the, the thought process and the manifestation process. Um, I'm not going to invite you on board with me to sink. I think it's going to take more than one, just like how the universe is a collective consciousness. Yes. I think it's going to take a collective group of special beings and not limited to a gender or an ethnicity to get this up and going on the next level. Like I said, I already think those things are in place, and I don't think they're um, um, accessible to the general public because we're sick generally. And that wouldn't be smart for them to make themselves accessible to us nor the enemy. So I, I totally get it. I think when we start to generally get to a certain place, we'll start to see more. But I, I, it's sad that people think because they don't see it, it doesn't exist. Because that's robbing them of, of their hope. 
of their of their vision of their foresight by thinking these things don't even exist yet. Like we well, spoke I, about I, constantly posting of tragedy and constantly referring to ourselves as slaves and this that you know there's a science behind that and that's not healthy to do. You're robbing people of their foresight. You're robbing them of their energy. You're contributing to a, um, a system that is is oppressive, and you don't even realize it. You think you're educating the masses and making them conscious, and like I said last night, they're already conscious. What makes you think that they don't know, especially people suffering or living in it, what makes you think that they don't know about the crimes and atrocities happening around them? You really think by bombarding their senses with these images and these messages that you're enlightening and empowering the people? You're not. You're doing the complete opposite. I don't need to see babies being raped and women being murdered and black men being gunned down and tortured. I don't need to see that. It's not going to push me to act. That's not, let's say you show that to 20 people, it might push 20, uh, it might push two of 20 to become active, you know, in a certain way. The rest are going to become down, downtrodden and, you know, it's fearful and, and sad and hopeless. It's like I don't understand how people don't get that. Like, can't you feel that? Why are you sending out that type of energy constantly? Constantly. Well, I can understand it because um, so many people don't act on knowing what's going on. I mean, most people know what's going on. So it's not. Yeah, but why aren't they acting? It's not well, out of ignorance. I think, that, I think that we have to, and this one I, I didn't agree with you. Because mm-hmm. I think that we have to um, alarm people and let them know. But they're already alarmed. That's why they're paralyzed, yeah? No, well, so I'm not, talk- that I'm not talking about. by fear. Right. I'm not talking about victims. I'm talking because, thank God, victims are starting to speak out. And the silence is being broken. That mm-hmm. we are now talking about. What can we do? You know, let's look at the problem and resolve the problem. And I agree with you that um, people that start looking at this problem need to have a spiritual foundation for the beginning. I believe they have that to. You'll be deceived, or you'll be deceived. And and it's not limited exactly. whether you be Christian, Muslim, um. Atheist, it's not even limited to that stuff because that doesn't keep a person from, in the end, being tapped into the all, that universal energy and power and and collective wisdom and consciousness. That, you know, that you're you're not obsolete because you don't believe in a certain thing. My thing is, okay, let's sit down, let's check out the demographics of those who are not alarmed. The majority of those who are not alarmed are fairly new. We're talking about the babies. Right. Right? Yes. I know as a mother of a 
three-year-old, a five-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 23-year-old. So I got a pretty broad range of quote-unquote generations, right? Yes. Not one of them responds to intimidation. Not mine, anyway. So well, none of them to, do nowadays. Children right. are So what do you think we're them? doing when we're showing our youth, our babies, images of them being cut down, images of them being powerless, images that feed into a certain stereotype, they're not becoming alarmed and wanting to do something. They're rebelling against us and what we're showing them. That's what's happening. So I don't particularly agree with the the method of scaring the shit out of them. I think there's another way to reach them. I don't think they have to constantly see pictures of their brothers laying bloodied in the street because the majority of them are living it if they live in those neighborhoods. They know they're being pulled over. Like that's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not out of ignorance. They we know what's happening. So we have to start to get on a whole nother level. The majority of the population is chemically castrated, either through their food, what they listen to, or what they see. So that's already hold on I hold on, I'm sorry. So It's okay, um, we know you have babies. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we have a call. Um, I hope this is uh, King Elliot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but like I was saying, so let's look at what's chemically going on in our areas. Then let's check out what spiritually is being done to the collective of communities. Because we know as spiritual practitioners, there's constant rituals and work that are done to keep a certain um, atmosphere alive. You know, so it's a it's a lot of things going on, and I again I think going the route of bombarding the senses with the images and the message of the ugly is taken away from empowering the people to do anything contrary. It's like me telling well, you there's hope, but I'm not showing you hope. What? Well, I don't think that the pictures or the things are being shown to the populace create uh, um, unhappiness or whatever. It's just like um, anything. But that's what that it does. Going on, like uh, Black Lives Matter and all of that, you know, that um, clearly is something that. Uh, we know exists. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why do people act like that's new? You think that's new? Like nobody's come before us and done that? Oh, if you absolutely. keep doing something the same way, why do you think you're going to get a different result? Exactly. Who who marches for decades other than us? If you really, like, study your history books, or their history books, should I say, or his history book, yeah, you know, I who, who has ever achieved anything through marching? Let's think about that. So why we keep marching? Fundraising? Sounds great. 
Is that something new, though? Uh, no. Building entire towns of melanated people running their own businesses, has that been done before? Of course it has. Have they been raised to the ground? Of course they have. So you're just going to keep, it's like, you know, I keep building on Fifth Avenue, and Fifth Avenue keeps getting bombed and burned. And I just keep going back to Fifth Avenue. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I know what the enemy's doing. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But what's my story? Why haven't I changed something? So my thing is let's look at what element has always been missed from all these attempts to, as a unity, you know, as a community, unify ourselves and come up from under something. What have we not tried yet? And it's not going toe-to-toe with the enemy. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to match him with his weapons and his bloodlust and, and just the, all of that craziness. Like, we're not going to match him. So, well, okay, now what's our other fi- options? Right. We have to figure out uh, a way to... Um, get in between those who are not participating in the system in a meaningful way and really address those people that seek earnest change. And I think that um, in looking at what else you said in terms of the patriarch trying to fight to stay alive, in the matriarchal, um, yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. And and I like I said last night, it's not about saying we women are superior to you know our male counterparts, not at all. But um, and this again goes back to um, a higher form of divination or spirituality or however somebody wants to verbalize it, but. We're we're completely backwards as a people when it comes to the divine feminine on the planet. Now, do I say worship the black woman or women in general? Of course, no, I'm not because I'm someone who worships nothing, right? So I'm not saying that. Um, But if you don't acknowledge the foundation of all creation, you know, then I don't understand how you're going to fix things. Like the fact that everything is so geared towards the degradation, the breaking down, the oppression of the of the woman, of the divine feminine on this planet, feminine anything, that's your first hint to that must be the key to reversing all of this chaos, you know, but people are indoctrinated, people are scared, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's so inconceivable for so many that the answer could lie within the woman, the womb, and how that's linked to everything that 
it keeps people at a distance from their power, their abilities to effectively bring about um, a more pronounced and consistent change. That's just my stance. That's well, you know, it makes come. sense. It makes sense because, you know, since the patriarch has taken over the bloodlust, the aggression, the testosterone is out of control. So much so is that they created an Adam and Eve, <laughs> and um, Adam didn't come from Eve, which is the normal process mm-hmm. of birth. Like Eve the logical process, Adam. right. And right. it's amazing to me, you know, <laughs> as I'm older and I'm able to fight the indoctrination of uh, Christianity from the beginning, that we went along with this scientifically is impossible for mm-hmm. Eve to come from Adam's rib, really. Right. So right. even within that myth of the biblical proportion, they take away the spirit of the divine mother, mm-hmm. of love and passion. You know, and the fact is, is that there's a duality of um, really dark and light and not good and bad, but dark and light. Contraction. Which, which both must exist. Exactly. One, one is contained within the other. I mean, all of that stuff is trickery. It's, it's just, it, it, you know, people don't understand, like, that's why I try to, you know, a lot of the people that I talk with and they want to know why do I think the way I think, I don't believe in separating science from spirituality. I think they're, they're brother and sister. They go hand in hand. I was just talking with somebody the other night, and they were like, so tell me why do you put a penny in water under your bed? And I was like, yeah, it sounds really silly, right? And I, and I was like, well, this is how I came to terms with it. I think about copper, I think about water, I think about energy and how it's conducted. So when I take those elements and then I think about the fact that I'm water and I have electricity in me, you know, I just think about creating things when people say, oh, that's magic or doing rituals or (laughs) it's about creating an environment that's conducive with the natural elements which are already in play. I say. So because I come from that standpoint, and that's just the way I think, then that stuff is beneficial to me. But to somebody who doesn't even acknowledge the fact that you're breathing oxygen, even though you can't see it, then no, you probably wouldn't benefit from trying to do quote-unquote magic. You know, and then if you're somebody who only thinks their power lies within an indoctrination or a book, then you're probably not going to be too successful either because that's putting all your power into that. Like, where do you fit in in the equation? And this goes back to, because I know it's like, so how they get on that? And we're talking about unity in the community. But this goes back to that. Where do you fit in as far as effective change? 
as an individual, forget about the fact that your color is brown or you're white. or you Forget about all that stuff. What about the things that are unseen that you know exist within you and around you? How can you purposely bring about effective change, either by working on yourself or yourself and your surroundings simultaneously? What are you going to do? A lot of people are not spoken to that way. A lot of people where it's like, I need your labor and I need your money, but I don't need you. I need you to contribute. I was watching the documentary on the Panthers the other night, and I was just observing well, the role that the women were put in, in that movement. I was like, yeah, no wonder they failed. Exactly. You put the Sears in the kitchen. The Sears was cleaning and mopping, cleaning the toilets. You know, you drew on them for their strength and resolve, but you didn't really utilize the phenomenal spiritual metaphysical beings that that womb is. Interesting. You know, one of the things is they did not know at that time and see many of them were still operating with that paranoia um, that came from slavery. So it was, in fact, fear Mm -hmm. that um, created the stalemate, which allowed the Mm -hmm. enemy to infiltrate. But um, when we we think about um, the Panthers and, you know, they were... And I want to say the Young Lords, too, because they were doing... Uh, mm-hmm. Well, tell me, what's the difference between world. them and the movements that's being um, created now? Because I, I have to admit, I don't follow closely Black Lives Matter or anything, for that matter. Well, I don't um, follow... And I'm closely. not saying because they don't, and I'm not saying they're not bringing about effective change in situations or anything like that. I, I can't comment on that because I don't know. And I'm well, not going to go off of the media or, so you know, TV or social media because we already know what that's about. Right. You know, the trickery behind that. But what I'm saying right. is what I really listen to, I listen to my internal channel of divination and sight. I listen to that's my ancestors. It. That's who I tune into. I don't tune into okay. ABC or CNN. Okay? But my thing is... um is a common denominator with all these different things. And they're not original factions, right? Yes. Again, when it comes down to successful change, there's something that has to be done that has not been done in a millennia. You know, and as far as through my studies, it goes back to the goddess. It's like when she became obsolete, when patriarchy was put in order, most civilizations, if not all, that I was ever taught about or that I've ever had access to, all, it's like they became inverted. And they they eventually phased themselves out or they were phased out. 
because like the enemy knew to take away that divine feminine um, element of everything and replace it with something else, something that was unnatural. That and was a common element. With a, with a man having a baby from his rib and she born a woman <laughs> is unnatural. Let's say that. Well, see, and that's but another thing. Natural, because I think that's so funny. It's an infantile story. When you it, think about it, how old we are in, in regards to, you know, being on this planet as far as life and different things like that, that story in itself is just as young as, you know, all these theories. I don't understand why, and I'm not judging anyone, I just don't understand why people are so reluctant to go beyond that. Why do they stop it just 500 years ago? You know, exactly. I don't understand. I don't know. It's it's almost like the same thing now where you have people like, well, slavery is a thing of the past and racism, and you're just like, but but just 40 years ago, you couldn't do this or that. Like, why are you talking like we're in post-America? We're, this is the same people. You, you're, your boss is probably the grandchild of the person that did such and such. So why would you think that that's not existent anymore? or present in the psyche and behavior of a people. Like it's just crazy to me. It is. And and the the way that you know that it's still the same type of uh oppression is because in the census uh for the last census two hundred two thousand ten mm-hmm. black people had not increased in wealth or anything. White people is like a hundred thousand dollars per family. It's like six thousand for black people. Uh, it's like six thousand something extra for Hispanics. I mean, the only yeah, and those that don't rely on their on their spiritual selves, they they fall victim to the rhetoric that that things are okay. So when you turn on the TV and you get to watch all these buffoonery shows of of people of color driving around in Benzes, the whole crew got a, a $60,000, $70,000 car. They're living in a mansion, you know, $200,000 home. Everybody's wearing $500 heels on their feet, you know. And so there's... Every show geared towards a certain um, group of people are showing the same thing, so everybody's believing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just like so, if you watch, if you watch sports, if you watch basketball, you really think that your odds of becoming a professional basketball player are great. Because look, everybody's, you know, two thirds of them are black. You know, so but you don't realize like that's. That's trickery because you can only see with your two physical eyes and you can only hear with those two ears on your head. You're not doing anything to cultivate that part of you that can see beyond, you know, these type of things. You you believe in it and then you foster that and you, you know, and that's what you teach and you speak and you live and it, and it just goes on. It's a, a cycle and that's stifling. That's what I'm saying. It's going to take the seers to come forth. And for a while, 
see for the people until they can see for themselves or do it while simultaneously cultivating and teaching those who are willing and who can see, helping them to develop their craft and their abilities and their powers and different things like that, you know, and don't limit it to to just your religion or or the group of vegetarians or the group of people doing yoga or the the group of people practicing, you know, uh, Tai Chi or this, that, like, just stop it already. Can't you realize that that stuff does not work? That you may be ostracizing, you know, you may be ostracizing a really great, powerful element to the common collective that can really help. People are going to have to be humble. They're going to have to be compassionate while still being strong and firm in certain results. It's going to take some time, and it's going to take a, a, a group of people that do everything, from the healers, the strategists, the people that do agriculture, the people that, you know, come from different economic classes and different ethnicities and different genders and genres. It's going to take all of that. But, you know, like my question is, and I don't have the answers, I don't even know how to begin to get people to even stop being scared enough to give it a try. Well, I think that there are many people on the planet that are willing to try and not this present economic um, uh, mishmash that we're in, but something that's effective, that's going to work, that children are going to be educated, and that people are going to have shelter and clothing and have accessibility to things and accessibility. I mean, I think some of those groups exist, but I don't think we, as the average person, have access to them for different reasons, which makes sense. You know, like I told you, because, I mean, it wouldn't be smart to expose yourself to everything because you're just asking for more um, adversaries and adversity. So that makes sense. You know, like, no, you can't just put it out there. But I also don't agree with the the theory, and I told you, of when people are like, oh, well, you know, you can't feed a baby steak, so you got to start off with, uh, I don't agree with that. I think that time is coming and gone. You know, I think well, that time is coming and gone. Well, I think that there's definitely nothing new under the sun, but I also <laughs> think that things that worked in the past are going to come back. And when we talk about the goddess and we talk about Mm. people that are really into that and uh, understand the nature of Mm -hmm. the goddess, Mm -hmm. what she brings, you know, to to the culture, to the children, to the people that want good, I get excited because I can see just as clearly as you were speaking to me last night about, you know, what it's going to take. I could see um, that, you know, that could, in fact, be taking place because there are many people that are scared that only the president 
and the people that are in, um, you know, that have some in the know about what's going to happen to society are the Mm -hmm. ones, you know, know exactly what's going down. What do you mean by that? Well, I think that, um, you know, if you look at Europe, uh, European finance, they're also about to crack. I mean, it it really is um, still the same system that went down, you know, in, um, you know, many, many places. What do you mean, like Rome? Well, I think that it you happened the same way Rome. Rome fell. It's like, you know, when all, like, well, every, like well, all these civilizations. This is my other thing, right. too, I don't understand. Maybe you can help me. Why do people invest so much into it? It's almost like, because I don't remember it being that big when I was younger. But why now is everything Kemet? Kemet this, Kemet that, Kemet, 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 right? It's almost like people are scared to state the obvious, which is, so what happened to them? Well, I definitely cannot answer that for you, and I would not even attempt. So but, now, wait, now, um, I ask you that, because then, now, wait, let's take it now to African spirituality. Right. Why are people like, we got to get back to that, we got to get back to that, we got to get back to that? If it was all about that, then what happened to them? Well, I think that um, African spirituality had to travel to the new world so that we could connect with the Native Americans and the indigenous people on this side of the world. I think that... But they um, came from us. If if, if Africa or Asia, whatever you want to call it, because I'm aware of all the stories behind how it got the name Africa and Africanist and the Conqueror, I got got it, I got all that stuff. Right, right, right. So I'm just saying it for the namesake of what the common person refers to it to. Refers to it as. So anyway, um, if it was just as simple as the continent itself, um, why is that continent in that state? So now people want to say, oh, that's because the Europeans came. How did they get to come in? There had to be a breakdown in all these different things. Something had to take place to allow for them to be infiltrated. Or, well, or whatever think, the case may happen. I remember one brother. I think that that's very obvious. That greed and um, disloyalty, betrayal, war, you know, aggression, male aggression, uh, created this. Um, this constant thing that if you go to a place and you find people who are different from you, you have a right to take their property, their land, and civilize them. Hmm. And with that... But that's still not, that's still not saying what, what happened, though. This is one brother, and he shared some literature... And things. Um, um, I don't know if you're. Are you familiar with the Metuneter and stuff like that? Yes. Metuneter. Okay. 
Okay. One of the things that your brother shared in the books and stuff like that, and he was talking with me about it, is, um, like, when we no longer had the resources of the land, that that was the great downfall. He was explaining to me that was the problem. And intuitively, something told me it wasn't just that, that that was part of it. But even that was an effect that was brought on by something else. Right. So when I do my thing and I talk to who I talk to, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. One of the things I was enlightened about was that when the womb went dry, so did the land. Mm. I say we are tied to our land. Right. We are tied so to again, the earth. It was taken it was taken back to the divine feminine. When the divine uh, feminine was removed and replaced with something else, the land reacted as well. Okay. It's 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 so deep. That's why for me, as I, as I, because for the most part, I'm learning to be quiet and sit still and just watch and listen without listen without wanting to answer, listen without wanting to clarify, you know, listen without. Um, feeling compelled to judge and stuff like that. And when you do that, you you hear and see so much, you'd be surprised at what comes through, you know, to you and stuff like that. So that's the stuff when we were talking last night about unity in, in the community. I feel like that has to be done on a large scale and in a cooperative Spirit, so that we can get on track of building a foundation so that we can erect things on top of it that won't topple or so easily be toppled by outside resources. And I also think that cause and effect will come into play. The things that attack and and are launched, I'm not going to say it's going to cease in its totality, but the nature of things is it's gonna change. It's gonna there's gonna be a balance. There's no balance right now. You know, so I think people should focus before you decide to have a fundraiser, which can probably just alleviate a problem for a split second, if you do raise some money, you might be able to get shoes for this month, for this group. But it, it wasn't done on a stable foundation of, it's that old saying, teach a man, you know, give a man a fish what you feed him for whatever, teach him how to fish, you know. So it's like that's, it, that's the difference. I can give you money. I can say, here's 10000 Now what? Here's the materials. Build the hospital. Now what? I don't think it's as simple as give me my 40 acres and a mule. 
I don't have to do it 40 acres in a mule. <laughs> you know, like. I can use it. I'll tell you. <laughs> it is bigger. I'm being It's bigger than that. We, let's have a system in place to teach us what to do with it when we get it. Let's get our educate. You know, like we got to get certain other things in play. And I'm not saying we don't attempt to do that, but we are constantly infiltrated. Because a lot of times people are, they're operating off of, they're so smart and intelligent and they have the tools, they're not even incorporating spirituality into it. Notice I say spirituality, not religion. Many people do not feel that religion is... uh, Well, they equate religion to spirituality and it's two different things. Exactly. So that's why... Being religious and being spiritual is two different things. I know, but most people think it's the same. Right, so that's something we need to work on. Because if most people think it's the same, then most people are not accessing the things that they need to access to be able to see through the illusions and and through the tricks and the ploys and this and that. So that's something that people need to work on. That's true. No, remember, I, I spoke with you, my personal standpoint is we're not the only creatures on this planet that look like each other. They have an arm, a leg, a leg, arm, a head. You know, there's other things walking around, but everything is not created equally, like people would like to say. That's well, why you different know, that's things work for different of, beings. That's a part of that mirror that was picked up by those people that followed that uh, Avery Avery. Abrahamic uh, tradition, and there's three that follow it, the Muslims, the Jews, and Mm -hmm. the Christians. And Mm -hmm. they are more alike than anybody, and they fight each other all the time. So the key in this is you're absolutely right. The taking of the divine mother, the goddess, the, the spirit of femininity, and disrespecting her, and 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 throwing her aside, and we see that society has not worked, and we are still in that bondage. You're absolutely right that we have to give in to the spirit of the mothers and allow the mothers to give us vision. And I'm going to tell you that one of our members, the queen of of Ifa House of Worship, Olori. Do you still hear um um the uh, static? A little. Okay, I'm I'm moving it a little bit. But I was saying that Olori uh, Day, she had a dream of seeing a a million mothers marching together and doing a powwow to save our children. I had the same vision in 2000. I think it was it was in 2000. And there were oh. a couple of sisters I voiced that to. Oh my goodness. Same exact and vision. Is, and this is confirmation because we were trying to organize a um, 
the uh, A Million Mothers March powwow in mm. June twenty July twenty ninth, two thousand sixteen. Mm. Because when Said it, it sounded right, and you heard it in 2000, and it's 16 years later, and it still has not been done. And since Don't 2000, you think it's deep that they came up with a concept of a million man march, but no, nobody ever stopped once to consider what to do. Well, with I that. did know. Wait, wait. Let me correct myself because I did go to the Million Woman March in Philly. Right, but right. it wasn't really a. It wasn't really that. Okay. I'll just say that, and those of us that went, we we know what what it really was. You know what I'm saying? So it was. Yeah. It wasn't even. Well, that would have been in interesting to see that. But um, I had not. It was not just people there. Yeah, it was like going to the world fair. Huh. <laughs> I said it was like going to the World's Fair when you looked around. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Touring you know, you would have thought it was, you, thought, you would have thought it was um, a swingers meet. Now, there were some real powerful speakers that were there. But, not, but it wasn't under the spirit and the guise of the, uh, goddess. the, the divine feminine, not your goddess energy, but definitely not. That's why it was called... The million million women. It was supposed to be the million mothers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the powwow is to really do the stomping on the earth to create mm-hmm. a connection with the energy that the earth has. Imagine mm-hmm. having Louisa Peach lead us in ritual in um, the place that would where, be magnificent. Um, they had all of these slaves dropped off at in uh, in Augusta, Georgia. Imagine that, and James Brown. Wait, home say that town. again. Say that again. I please. said, I said, imagine having a million mothers doing the powwow and stomping the ground, connecting with mm-hmm. the energy of the earth to save the people on earth, because as you said, there are entities on the planet that we have no clue about. And, you know, even TV keeps telling us this, but we're not listening because they have a lot of shows about alien takeover. And the reality is is that... Well, I think the fact that we, we automatically... I mean, even the word alien... That's the thing about words. They kind of isolate people from a concept, you know, or or um, I don't know how to put it, but it, it just words sometimes limit people's ability to even perceive something. So being that we've been force-fed the word alien and what that means, big head, big eyes, right. grays, you know, then you know, when you're looking at TV, they look like either insects or this, you know, whatever Hollywood chooses to dole out you know so we're thinking we're coming from that standpoint when like I I just had to explain to my 12 year old I was like what would you be if you landed on Jupiter he was like I don't know what and I was like an alien and he looked absolutely confused like what are you talking about mom you know and I'm like you said there's no such thing as aliens right I said so what are you 
<laughs> you know, I, I was like, that that makes no sense what you just said. I was like, stop gonna, thinking about, gonna, you know, TV. I'm going to that on my, one of my grandsons. I think that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, really, it's like the things that you think are impossible, <laughs> what are you? See, people can't tap into stuff because they think something's impossible. They don't see themselves in in, in in these things. They don't see themselves in nature or the universe as a universal being. You know, it's it's going to be hard. People got to first break that. Before you think about doing all this other stuff, you're going to have to break that because the oppressive forces that are, no matter what they are, they know what your greatness is. They know what you're capable of. I couldn't trick you if I don't know the truth. I say. So we have to stop coming at things from the same angle. We have to start really sitting down and like, hey, listen, because usually the enemy gives you the answer to your question of how is he doing it. That's the big joke. Like we already, we, we constantly are telling them what we're doing. And they don't pay us any attention. So that's where we've really succeeded. Because we have them to where they won't even stop and consider the impossible. Mind you, it's impossible because we told them it's impossible. Right. We've given them, we've set down the limitations and the uh, restrictions to keep them from believing or knowing that they can go far and do whatever they want to do in their lives, I said. That is very true. Because they're doing it. Yes. But I just want to say, I say to you and remind people that I say means power to your words. That it is like a confirmation, a prayer. May your words manifest because I pray that everyone who's listening can open up their ears and really look at themselves and how many situations that they stopped themselves because they said that's impossible. One of the things that there's an echo. Are you hearing the echo? Yeah, everything I say, I, I hear it in the echo form. Are you on? Um, are you on the uh, speakerphone? No, and it's I don't know why I just stopped. Okay, okay I, no, I just I wanted to say that I didn't know if you was hearing the echo too. But I wanted to say this because you already know what I what I put into practice. Yes. And I say practice because it, I'm I'm constantly trying to perfect this thing. I'm evolving, so my techniques evolve, which therefore causes my results to evolve. Right? Whether it be my rituals that I do, um, ceremonies, you know, whatever it is for myself or those I love or for planet, you know, or what have you. Um, we had a show, a former show, Everyday Magic, where I would give specifics, you know, on different things that you can do. But I want to go back to this ideal that 
incorporating yourself and your power, your desires into everything that you do will bring about change, whether it be in a solitary manner or in a conscious collective. And I'm talking about things from how you, you sleep, you walk, you talk, you dance, the way you think, the way you love, the way you make love or have sex or whatever the heck you're doing. Every little thing, if you do it with a certain consciousness, a deliberate consciousness, while working with the universal energies and entities and properties that surround us, will bring us closer to our goal. Even if you just evolve in this lifetime into your next phase or purpose, all these things. And it's not limited to your melon. It's not limited to your hair, whether it be permed or natural. These things, yeah, they bring a different element to it or aspect, but it does not limit you to what you can achieve. Don't fall prey to all this indoctrination and this bullcrap. Just because it's in a book doesn't make it true. Just because Dr. So-and-so with the degree of such and such who has 2,000 followers, that doesn't make it true. Too many of us are abandoning our own intuition, our own unique connective ability to the all based upon these concepts of what's right and what's wrong, what's legitimate and what's not. I'm not trying to take away from black power or this. I'm not taking away from any of that. But what I'm saying, too, is if your perception of something or someone cannot go beyond what you're looking at, something's wrong. If you can't get past what you read or what was read to you, you're in trouble. If you can't get past what you see on TV or what walks right past you, if you can't go beyond these things in this particular time that we're in, you're in trouble because all these things have been mastered to be used as forms of deception. But there's a part of you that can't be deceived. And it's that part of you that can't be defined by a religion or a theology or a philosophy or a book or a pastor or an imam or a prophetess or this or that. There's a part of us that just knows. And we that's what we got to get to for this unity in a community. There is no community. It's the planet Earth. That's the whole point. Get out of your neighborhood. Get off of your, your 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 island. Get out of your town and your city. Get off your continent. Get off this planet. You're limiting yourself. That's true. We're more than all of that. I'm not saying disregard it, but know that you're more than that. You're more than that sermon or that cook bar or, you know, this radio show. You're more than that book, your amulet, your altar, ancestors. You're more than that. 
We're all encompassing beings. If you don't grasp that yet, you're limiting your ability to bring about effective change on a large, consistent, permanent level. You know what I'm saying? So and you there's tap no harm in honoring yourself. And of you know, I not. want to say. This is not what she would have called. She just taught about how to make an altar to yourself. We're just your altar to you. So you got to alter the uh, Yemaya. You have an altar to your mother. You have an altar to your auntie and this and that. Where's your altar to you? I said. Because mm-hmm. everybody that calls me for a reading, when I ask them that, I get silence. That's the other thing. Stop abusing your seers and those that do do things. Like, don't use them, and excuse my vernacular, but don't be using them to call and take a shit in their ear about some, some foolishness. Because at the end of the day, you don't have enough money to usurp someone's energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. listen, what what you re- what do you really want to talk about? You're not gonna call me to ask me about the sale at Macy's next week. <laughs> you know, like, no, nah, we're not gonna do that. You're not gonna keep calling me up and offering me your money or anything or whatever because you want to know if John is sleeping with Joanne. Really? Are you serious? You're gonna tell me you don't have no clue as to what's going on? You know, you want to, like, very rarely do I come across people that call me with a purpose of, yeah, they want to know something, but they want to empower themselves to be able to do their own divination at any given time. And then you have these unscrupulous practitioners that encourage people to be dependent upon them for some type of insight. It's, it's just a, it's a jacked-up system. And that goes back to the community. Too many charlatans, too many weaklings, too many victims, too many predators. Where's the balance? There's always going to be both on this planet at the same time. My thing is, where's the balance? And those of us that think we're any type of thing, why would you facilitate that? Because you need the money or your ego. You you like that people depend on you or they're just calling you up and this, that, and the other. So I'm saying to the practitioners, the spiritual people that are out there and those that are seeking guidance and want to elevate and evolve and this type of thing, it's like, you know, be aware of what's going on around you. And I know I'm actively trying to affect change by not being part of the problem, and I know a lot of sisters and brothers that are out there, but my goodness, there's a lot of people that really just don't care. You know, so it, it, it's like we we got to come together on some other levels besides fundraisers. How about some spiritual raising up? You know, <laughs> how about some awareness? Let's bring some awareness to that because everything else is going to fall into place. When you get in touch with your divine self, everything else falls into place. And if it don't, then it ain't meant to just go around. You do it next lifetime. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You know, if you don't leave up off this planet being, you know, the great so-and-so, 
you know, all these Houdinis of the conscious community. If you don't leave up off of here and you still eating chicken, then who gives a shit? You know, don't focus on that type of stupidity. You don't get caught up in people that try to make you think you ain't making strides with yourself just because you don't do yoga or you're not doing, you know, practicing this or that or, you know, you don't walk around with a pocket full of crystals and you still got a perm on your head. Listen, everybody got their own niche. And they and they come into things at their own time. And It's bigger than you. It's bigger than a book. It's bigger than a, 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 a institution. It's bigger than these phone calls. It's bigger than Facebook and the Internet and, you know, Dr. So-and-so and Brother So-and-so. It's bigger than all of that. You know, so we, we, we got to stop doing things consciously or deliberately to take away from other people's individual powers and capabilities in, you know, in our community, whatever that be, whatever your community is, whatever your group is, your, you know, who you run with or what you involve with, you know, and I trace that back to the ego, you know, but it's just like, it's a lot of stuff that got to get worked on as far as these communities and people got to stop focusing on fundraisers and, and shit like that. It's just ridiculous. It's like, I know why we're doing it because a lot of us are starving, homeless, and suffering financial. I get it. But that don't make it right. That's not a justification. That's just a reason. So what do you, when we talk about things, are we making up excuses? Are we stating reasons? Or are we trying to justify things? That's the other thing. We need to, to you know, come to some type of common denominator with. There's a difference between the three. When you're stating something, why are you stating it? Every time something comes out your mouth, that's you justifying what you're doing, and you're not learning. You're not even open to learn or change at all because you're just always on the defensive. These concepts of unconditional love, what the hell is that? What do you know that operates in the universe under no conditions? Where the hell did that come from? Think about the stuff that we're regurgitating and teaching. How is it counterproductive to what's going on around us? I don't know anything that operates in the universe under no conditions. Why would love be anything different? Why would that be different? Then you want to, you have people, you're tricking them over here that, that something's wrong with them because they don't love unconditionally? Get out of here with that crap. Exactly. You know, love it's crazy. It's, come on, man. Everything has a condition. Air, water, plants, trees, everything. Survival is under certain conditions. Everything has a condition. So now what else have we corrupted in the name of being enlightened beings? You speak of this higher this higher power for those that believe in that is a singular thing. I don't, but for those that's like, oh, God or the goddess, because I don't believe in the goddess as in one, and I don't always attribute that to a organism as much as it is an archetype or consciousness. But that's okay. for another day. Energy. But what I'm saying the is... Energy, the natural force. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying is like you 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 profess that you believe in this or that, but yet everything you always teaching or doing undermines the very example that was put forth before you as to what divinity is, divineness, greatness, balance. You you like oh yeah I'm into balance and nature and oh I believe in this. But then why are you teaching dysfunction? And then you bring in that thought process into this act of community unity. Where there can't be any unity present in the midst of what you're teaching, which is the undoing of unity, the undoing of balance. This is the stuff we got to sit down and ask ourselves in our solitude, in your personal private space. Fill yourself and you quiet yourself and you really get to listen. A lot of the things that I go with is because I try to figure out, does it go along with nature? There's so many examples around me of how things should be, things that haven't been touched by man so far, you know, and I look at that stuff, and then I think, does that coincide with this teaching, or am I comfortable with that? Are my brothers and sisters comfortable with that? Does it really bring about any benefits overall, you know, as opposed to just being beneficial to the individual? You know, just that type of stuff, you know, that's the type of stuff that I think about. And you know, it's deep, too. It's deep, too, girl. It's deep. Queen, you know you're talking a, a, a magnificent, a magnificent words of wisdom because we are more than we give ourselves credit for. And the fact is, is that we can do more by finding the spirits within us, you know, Mm -hmm. and working Mm -hmm. with those divine spirits to move forward and working with and reaching out and communicating with people that's on the planet to change things for the better, you know, for the earth to to resume the love Mm -hmm. that she has for her children and for this weather you know, which is is really um, evident of the anger in the planet to reverse itself. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the I don't know if the weather is evident of that. Yeah, I mean, from from how I understand things, I don't know if it's just nature, if it's just cause and effect. Well, it is nature, and I think that nature. Things that are happening in her space. There is a global mm-hmm. warming. That is true. Yeah, but that's been happening on and off on this planet. Ice age, then you have the right, you know, right. So we get rid of on, on a new, and it's not always been exactly. in the presence of man doing great things, right? Well, I don't think it's about man doing great things. As a matter of fact, I think well, when it's I say man great doing things, meaning terrible things. I mean like pollution. 
Um, right. That's what I'm saying. You know, that Pollution, type of thing. All of these negative energies. So when energy. the earth was doing that, when, earth was, when, the, when the earth was going through those changes in the absence of man or man's pollution or abuse, then what was the cause? Oh, wait. When, man, when the planet went through the natural evolution of the planet as it was developing and so forth, uh, it was a natural a natural phenomenon. But what you're talking about now is an artificial phenomenon. These people have been trying to well, control... Well, I need you to break that down to me because I I, that I don't understand. How do we know it's artificial? How do we know that because the Earth is not still when, evolving into the next phase? Well, the Earth is evolving, but it's not evolving by itself. We're talking about me, uh, mechanics that now can drill inside the Earth. All the way right, to the right. center. We talk right, about right. heat that can melt a polar cap. That polar cap okay. was not supposed to be melted. So we talk about okay. the earth being attacked. Okay, okay. I get, I, get now now. Being, I didn't I didn't understand where you were coming from. But I, uh, I understand okay. now what you're saying. I understand I say. what you're saying. You're I talking say, about so, the known events. The known events right. that we are aware of. Okay, gotcha. I thought you were speaking in general or overall, but I I I I totally grasp what you're what you're stating. Yeah, and, and and you know what, we're going to need to connect with people that are doing things that um, you know save their families and friends from the chaos that is going to ensue. I mean, we are into a lot of chaos, and I hope that... And there's groups out there doing it. That's the thing. They're, they're out there. If you, if you do some of the things I spoke about, you can you can hear them. You can communicate with them because they, they are emanating a signal to those who can tune into that frequency. I say. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Those of us that can do it, come together, and I'm not including myself in that bunch, by the way. <laughs> so I'm not speaking from a place of, hey, come, you know, what what was her name? Call me now. <laughs> what was her name? The psychic. Oh, you talking about... The one that used to come on, uh, she got she in jail too. What's her name? Caribbean somebody. Yeah. <laughs> mama, my, my mama, something. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I, you know, I want people to know uh, when I keep speaking of this, uh, I'm not trying to big myself up. I'm saying whoever it is, whether that be me with people or any other group or whatever, but I, I would love for a group to come together of those that do that, that have the ability to tune in and hear that signal from the other our other family on this planet who have found to transfer those ideals into the physical, to manifest it into a physical system. We need more of those groups so that not only can they communicate and hear but they can teach us 
those who want to learn, those who have the ability, because, again, we're not all created equally. It sounds beautiful, just like unconditional love, but it's not real. So anyway, you know, going back to those who can, it would be wonderful for that to create a chain reaction, you know, of these beings, you know, to so that we can get that type of thing going. Because, again, I think everything else will fall in place when it happens. But in the meantime and in between time, do what you can on your individual solitary level. Okay. As well. well don't give up just because you don't think you're down with, you know, you, you haven't bring an effective uh, change to the movement, whatever that is, you know, or this group. Like, do what you can. And, 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 and how do you know what that is? I don't know how to, that, to say that specifically for every individual because it varies, but I can tell you what it's not, and it's not how we are defined by others. I'll say. At the it's end of the day. define ourselves. I can tell well, you. I can't tell you who you are, but I can tell you who you're not. You're not what I decide you are. I say. Only you can tell yourself. Or the magazine, or the song, or you know, these different platforms of just insanity. Images. Yeah. You images. Know, yeah. And just like we're not all being slaughtered, we're not all cattle being led to slaughter, we're not all hateful, jaded, we're not all, we don't all consider ourselves bad bitches and niggas. There's a lot of people that say, I'm not a queen, I'm more than a queen. Well, you know, you're whatever. You're just not limited to all these different labels and all these different okay. projections of these different images. You know, we're not forsaken. There are unity in different communities already. So when you ask that question, it's like, so how do we bring it to ours? Because that's what we're speaking on. We we I haven't see. seen one-fourth of one-fourth of one-fourth of one-fourth of one-fourth of the planet or the population. So when we be talking about stuff, who the heck are we talking about? Our little clique? Being in your city? <laughs> exactly. You know? Because that ain't nothing but a click. That's a hot minute, you know, of something. My husband asked me the other day, he kept saying, "Uh, people don't this. And I was like, well, you say people, who are you talking about? Where have you ever traveled to? Who do you know? You don't know nobody. You ain't been nowhere. We people. Who's the people? You mean our neighborhood? Nah. That don't tell us nothing. But see, we get so bombarded and caught up in everyday stuff, work, paying bills, what we see every day. Remember that line from Silence of the Lamb, and they were doing a, um, the personality analysis of the killer and how a killer thinks or the serial killer said. And I think at one point Hannibal was like, what do you covet every day? You covet what you see. So what do we yeah. covet? What we were taught, we covet what we see. It's not until you introduce or you go beyond or get beyond something that it starts to open you up. And the more you open up, then the more you could do for yourself and for others. 
So we got to start thinking outside the box. It's bigger than Brooklyn. It's bigger than New York. It's bigger than, uh, um, well, what's the city now with the water, with this stuff going on with the water? Oh, Flint, Michigan. It's bigger than Flint. <laughs> anyway, you know what? I want to uh, let you know that um, we have 15 minutes left to the show. It's so funny. It went so fast. I don't know where it went. But, you know, mm. I want to stop. I was wondering and, uh, That's really, where it went. <laughs> <laughs> really give thanks for you to... Uh, you know, come on the show, and, you know, you haven't just thrown perspective out there, you know. Yesterday, I did listen to you, and on the occasion of our, uh, you know, I always get this wrong, but okay, I think it's seven years that Mm -hmm. the Ifa House of Worship has been in, in place. I'm so proud, you know, of being one of the founders, and so have mm-hmm. formerly Yoruba House of Worship, and uh, I'm 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 really really proud of of just announcing our happy anniversary seventh anniversary of uh, Ifa House of Worship, but also to uh, really look to reorganize now around what you were talking about tonight in terms of inviting members that have vision and are seers to mm-hmm. come and join us as we seek out those already doing unity in the community mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, not trying to reinvent the wheel, but just joining other people who mm-hmm. have uh, given their heart to honoring the earth and the forces mm-hmm. of nature. And mm-hmm. honoring the God, but also Balance, honoring yeah. our individual selves. That's right. For being strong and taking us day to day. You know, I've been to the door of death a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say the door of life is much more happier. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it is um, time to step into a destiny that you want, not one that's been given to you. And I think that Mm -hmm. um, much of my early years, a lot of stuff was given to me and I just did it. And um, I think that I didn't think that anything was possible and that you have to somehow know that there are no boundaries to the greatness that you can be. You know, not only for others, but for yourself and to yourself. And I mm-hmm. think that um, that message came through to me last night. It also comes through to me tonight. And, you know, of course, I have to thank you for just being a bright, fresh, new breath of energy to wake up sleeping bones. You know, because um Well let me say this to you real quick too, Ia, before mm-hmm. you end. Spirit is telling me to let you know you no longer owe anyone the tools for them to heal and evolve past 
deeds that may have been done deliberately or unwittingly by yourself. And that message is coming through so that you can get on with your innate ability to heal and bring people together of various beliefs and ideals and identities. You can't let people occupy your time and space where they're taking you away from your divine purpose in this lifetime, why you came back and what you're doing. We all make mistakes. You don't have to pay for that for the rest of your life because somebody else has not learned to move on and evolve past that. You give what you can, you give the best of you, and then you got to move on. Because if not, people will keep you stagnated with them and in their walk of life and on their trail and their purpose forever till they transcend. And you'll miss your calling. Caught up in somebody else's foolishness. I say. You can love them from wherever you got to go. And that goes for everybody. But I want you to know spirit reiterated to me again specifically to say that to you because that's That's something really important. It's going to be very key to you helping the rest of us who are in your line of your journey in this lifetime. Okay. Well, it's been a magnificent two days. As a matter of fact, uh, we actually celebrate February 25th through the 28th because my uh, father passed away on February 27th, which I uh, give honor and respect to George Dawson Sr., who uh, a large part of who I am is because he was who he was. So I'm just really, really excited because... I do move forward free, unencumbered, and able to see that we could connect with all the resources on this planet to, you know, manifest abundance for everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a dream, and I don't think it's um, far away. And I think that in, 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 in my lifetime, that I can see the ending of child abuse, neglect. I really can see the end of it. So I'm glad for that, and I'm glad that because the children that I see that are born more and more are wanted, so wanted, so waiting so long to come to the family, that many of these babies are so wanted and needed and beautiful and just lovely little beings, little people. And they bring so much joy with them that, you know, with the movement of higher education, with the movement of spiritual awareness, emotional and and cognitive uh, things to ease the heart and clear the thoughts is no end to the greatness. Is that, that something you're going to do a show on in the future? 
in the near future? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know I want you to do your own show, which I've been asking you, which is already slated your time, you know, on uh, Sunday or Monday. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. with, With, you know, I love Everyday Magic, and I wish you would bring that back. I'll think about that. It may and not I'm, be I'm in transition that. myself, you know. I know, and and I mm-hmm. and I know that there are some advantages to um, for myself as well as others um, by making my experiment, you know, making people people privy to my experience. So that's something I've been thinking about, and I had a lot of people reach out to me. So that's in consideration. You know, so I definitely, you know, I'm going to be getting back to you, you know, and for those that tuned in to your show tonight um, via the link on my page, I want to say hello to you. A lot of you I used to talk with, some of you I still talk with, and I'm glad you were able to tune in. I hope you walked away with something that was either enlightening or confirmation for what you've already been thinking. You know, I'm I'm glad that I could be part of any um positive process, you know, for anyone. So that that's um I want to thank you Ia for even having a platform because you have many different shows with a lot of different there's so much versatility in the people you work with that get to come through and talk about things that, you know, things they're going through or they feel or they see or whatever the case may be. So that's a blessing to all of us that there are people out there that take their time and energy and money to even create such a platform. You know, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm going to be, you know, as usual, I'll be following you and what you do, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm here, you know. And when I'm ready, I'll definitely let you know and maybe we can get bring back Everyday Magic, you know. And I'm I'm pretty different from the last time we were doing the show, so it should be even better. I hope I have more things to share with people that they find helpful, you know, and that they can utilize on their individual spiritual journey, you know, that is harmonic with with peace and and that type of thing. But I'm going to go, and I know the show's getting ready to end. Well, well, we we do have time, but the one thing that you didn't do was give people your number because you are excellent, Seer. Excellent. You have... uh, amazed me on every level and um even to the um description of your your encounter with uh Yemenja, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even with that encounter it's been uh all of those magnificent spirits that come to greet you and meet you and share with you for all of those um you know i i pray that they will bring health and healing to you and um may you be you know continue to be just a resource and a a person of encouragement and love to others and just continue to be magnificent, and may you also prosper and grow wealthy because you definitely um, deserve it. 
And, you know, Thank you. we all deserve Okay, so I'm going to give my info before we go. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I would like to see such things for, you know, all of those as far as if it would bring balance to what's going on. Um, okay, so on Facebook, you can contact me um, via Nadia, N-A-D-I-A, Clayhar, C-L-A-H-A-R, and um, you can inbox me if you're interested in anything particular. And, you know, we would go from there. You know, I don't, I'm going to let you know know now that I don't read everyone because I'm aware that some people are not looking for reading. They're looking for some other things, you know. And, And that goes with all the metaphysical things that I do and that I offer to different people, you know, on a spiritual level. It's not subject, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I'm I'm not for hire. I'll just say that. It's, It's bigger than that, you know. So check yourself before you contact me. That's Shane. <laughs> you know. Have a good heart. Um, That's a good Yeah, yeah. You know, don't waste your time in mine if you're not right, you know. And then, um, so you can contact me that. You can also contact me through my page, Dawn of Divinity. You can also leave a message and I'll get back to you, you know, and we'll talk and go from there. Um, and I do a lot of other things besides just readings. You know, it's, that's contingent upon the encounter with the person, where they're at, what they need, what I have at that time, and all that good stuff. So, you know, that's what it is, you know. I say, and it's and it's great. And um, again, uh, we will tune in with you next week, next Friday. Hopefully, Queen Nadia, you could come back. You know, I do do mm-hmm. the titles and all of those things that I. Use. So, I'm just glad that you was able to join me this week, and I look forward I am to too, Queen Mother. You know, I love you. you. And I, I love really admire what you do, you know, and I'm very I grateful. I say. Okay, I got to go. You know, they're beating down I the love you. All right. Thank I love you. Thank all our listeners. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Oh, buddy, yeah, yeah.